This is a Shock Podcast. Shock. Hello and welcome to the Podball Sportscast, the podcast that's been waiting 30 years for a Malaysian Thomas Cup triumph. I am Faisal American. Being a Liverpool fan, I am used to waiting 30 years. With me are Karami Kamil. What's happening, guys? And Nicholas John. Hello, hello. As United fans, they'll soon get used to decades-long waits for victories. (laughs) (laughs) Cheap shot. And uh, you will have to wait just a bit before we get into what happened at this year's Thomas Cup. But before that, we're going to talk about the Premier League. The battle for the top four continues to be a nail-biting affair and uh, not the kind of affair that involves Ryan Giggs or John Terry. (laughs) Sorry, that was a cheap shot. I apologise. What I'm talking about are uh, Tottenham and Arsenal and their battle for Champions League qualification. Tottenham and Arsenal faced each other this morning. A win for Arsenal would have confirmed their fourth-place spot with two matches to go. Uh, However, it was Spurs who sealed the win, beating the Gunners 3-0 at home thanks to two goals from Harry Kane and one from Sun Heung-min. Arsenal are still in fourth place, but Spurs are now just one point behind. As I said, the battle for fourth is going down the wire, and uh, I have to admit, guys, this is going to be more exciting than the actual title race. I mean, look, we're talking about Spurs and Arsenal, so uh, like that great man once said, uh, you'll never know what you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get that reference. But but it, it is turning out that way, isn't it? Um, but look, I, I honestly don't know what happened to Arsenal here. You know, we have been singing their praises of late, but it's looking like things are starting to unravel for the Gunners. Uh, Against Spurs, you can argue about the penalty that they conceded. You can argue about Arsenal's red card. But the fact of the matter is Tottenham were clearly the better side. You know, they were defensively solid. And Harry Kane and and Son Heung-min were once again a real threat up front. You know, this particular pairing has been quite quiet in recent months. We've touched on that in, in our previous episodes as well. But it would appear that they are starting to find their form again at a very crucial point of the season. Um, and, and moving forward, Spurs, if I'm not mistaken, have Burnley and Norwich up next, both of which definitely winnable for them. Uh, Arsenal, meanwhile, have Newcastle and Everton. Now, Newcastle in recent weeks have been quite tricky op- uh, opposition, while Everton are in a, a bit of a relegation battle. So you could see that the Gunners have the more difficult run-in of the two. Now, Arsenal, like you mentioned, Faisal, do have a one-point cushion. But honestly, I don't think that's enough. The top four race, in all likelihood, is going to go down to the final game of the season. And I have a feeling that based on momentum, based on uh, the fixtures, the games coming up, I have a feeling Tottenham are going to get it. You know, sorry, Karam, I know you're a big... <laughs> okay, back to the game. Um, I think the sending off did, um, did hampered Arsenal's performance uh, this morning um, because I, I don't have any problems with the penalty shot because I did think that Cedric pushed Son Heung-min while he was on in the air. But the the sending off, it was a bookable offense. I thought holding did impede Son Heung-min's run. And it wasn't long. I think it was just a matter of five to seven minutes before that incident that he picked up a yellow card. Again, he was holding on. Rob Holding was holding on to Son Heung-min. Mm-hmm. So 
I don't think it was a smart move by Rob Holding. And since Arsenal are down to 10 men, then uh, Tottenham had the advantage in numbers. So I think they used it to perfection. And hence, they won the match. But the one thing that I, that I would like to highlight is the spat between both the managers after the match. Um, Arteta was was definitely not happy with the decision of sending off and the, 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 the decision of the referee giving Tottenham the penalty. But the words from Conte's mouth, I think, just was so, so sweet. He was like, Arteta is complaining too much. He just needs to focus more on his team. And come to think of it, I think Arteta was complaining too much and was being a bit whiny. So, yeah, this I think it's a wake-up call. But Conte did praise Arteta. He did say that Arteta is a young coach and he's a good coach. He He's still learning. He's still new. Uh, things are looking bright for Arsenal in the future. But this loss to Tottenham, although it might hurt Arsenal, but I think it's just... It's just because of the red card. A whiny Arsenal manager? Man, he really is the uh, replacement <laughs> for Arsene Wenger. Huh? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> also in Premier League action in midweek, uh, Everton and Watford drew 0-0. Leicester had a 3-0 win over Norwich. Chelsea defeated Leeds also 3-0. While the title contenders are still going strong, Man City crushed Wolves 5-1 and Liverpool had a 2-1 victory over Aston Villa. Now, um, the Man City-Liverpool title race is nail-biting. The battle for fourth is nail-biting. And then we have a Chelsea in between, like the middle child that no one cares about. Trust me, Chelsea, I totally understand. <laughs> uh, but the Blues will be in the FA Cup final against Liverpool this weekend. Uh, for Chelsea, it'll be their only chance at silverware this season. Um, if you're not counting the Club World Cup, then. I think yeah, no, so. nobody counts that, you see. <laughs> Uh, while Liverpool are still in the mix for an unprecedented quadruple. Now, the last time Chelsea and Liverpool uh, faced each other in a cup final, it led to a penalty shootout that lasted longer than most wars. Or our wait for for a Thomas Cup victory. Do you think it'll be more the same? I hope not. I I hope that it'll be finished in 90 minutes. Um, Liverpool are still in great, great form. Um, Chelsea, I don't think, I don't think they're in in good form at all, uh, based on the recent results. But on paper, I think Chelsea might have. Uh, I, I'm sorry. On paper, I think Liverpool is totally the the favorites to win the cup final because because of their form and the players, the coach, uh, and they're still like you said, Faisal. They're still. Uh, gunning for the quadruple this season. Yeah, I I completely agree. You know, Liverpool have the edge. They, they've got everything like going for them. You know, form, players, momentum, exactly like you said. Chelsea, I don't know. They've they've been a bit fifty fifty of late. You know, if you look at their stats, one win, one defeat, two draws in their last four league matches. So not very convincing results from a team that we know uh, are, are capable of doing much better. But at the end of the day, you know, I I think. Liverpool with Mo Salah and Sadio Mane, how do you stop that, right? They're arguably the league's most potent strike partnership. So Chelsea's defence is going to have a very hard time keeping this duo subdued. So, yeah, completely agree. Liverpool have the edge and and quite a significant edge at that as well. Yeah, and and there's also uh, the doubt surrounding Kovacic, right? Yeah, so so yeah, he he's he's doubtful for the match as well uh, after picking up an injury in midweek. So yeah, if if he doesn't make the team, then that that's going to make it even trickier for Chelsea. 
But the, the silver lining for Chelsea is Fabinho is doubtful for Liverpool, right? For his injury in midweek. Mm-hmm. So, without... I think that's the only hope if for Chelsea if they can capitalise uh, on Fabinho's absence. But looking at Liverpool, they are a well-oiled machine for the last couple of years. Um, I, I really think that Jürgen Klopp do have a backup plan. But... Just to make things interesting, Faisal, I think I will support Liverpool for this final and see if your theories work. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> now I know how Arsenal fans feel. <laughs> okay, don't forget, you can catch the FA Cup final live on Astro. Uh, now let's get to the uh, Thomas and Uber Cups. Uh, for the Uber Cup, the women's team exited in the group stage. Uh, in contrast, the men's team had a perfect campaign in their Thomas Cup group, uh, winning their ties against England, USA and Japan, uh, but they crashed out in the quarterfinals where they lost 3-2 to India. Um, it's their third straight year that uh, they've exited in the last eight, right? Yes, it's the third straight year and, and I think this result, this loss against India was a shock to everyone uh, because uh, previously they lost to, if I'm not mistaken, it was to Indonesia and Japan. So they were both a better nation, a better team than Malaysia at that time. But against India, I thought Malaysia had the advantage, had had more quality. Unfortunately, it did not went well. We started off great though, Lizija winning the first match. And then our first man's pair, Gozifa and Nur Izzuddin, they somehow succumbed to pressure and lost their match. And then Ng Ziyong, I th- Okay, Ng Ziyong is still a young, young player. I don't think he has enough exposure in the international international events yet. That's just my my take on it. And for the for our I think Aaron Chia and Tio Iyi did make it interesting after they win their match. And for for the last match, for the crucial match in in our third singles, Leong Jun Hao, again, the inexperience of Leong Jun Hao showed. And I'm not taking any digs at Jun Hao because between him and his counterpart, they were 101 ranking spots apart. So it was understandable that he lost the match, but I thought Malaysia could at least make it to the semifinals where we should have faced uh, Japan or Denmark, right? So I think this wasn't the best, the best outing for Malaysia, although they have fielded a much, much more younger team than previously. But I just hope that these young players could buck up, could take this hit, could take this defeat on their chin, and be better for for the next for the coming tournaments. Mm-hmm. There are some people who who are of the opinion that it would have been a little bit of a different result if we had started with Arantia and uh, Toe for the first doubles. Do you think that would have made a difference? Sir? I think it could because if. Uh, let's just say that Aaron Chan and Tioe just uh, the won, the, won the second match. So Malaysia would be 2-0 two, two up, right? And mm. assuming that Ziyong would lose his match, Malaysia would still have... I think Gozifa and Nur Izzuddin would still have that confidence that they, they were 2-1 up. And I, I just think that because against a, a much more lower-ranker pair compared to their counterpart uh, yesterday, I think... I think that Zifei and Nur Izzuddin and Nur Izzuddin would be better because they did won the German Open uh, a couple of weeks back. So it's not that they don't have it's not that they don't have the quality, but I just think it's the it's the inexperience that that made him that made them lost the match. 
yeah, uh, for me, it just goes to show how much work we still have to do to get back to the top. But uh, once we do, right, can you imagine how sweet the victory is going to be? And I'm not just talking about the public holiday we'll enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Now, there's also the SEA Games. We had a really solid start by making a clean sweep of all the uh, diving gold medals. Kudos to all of them. We also earned a gold medal in Silat. Oh, for our diving squad, I think they did great. All they were the favorite. They were the favorites. I don't think any Southeast Asian nation could challenge them for the gold. Uh, they've they've hit their target, which was eight, a clean sweep for gold medals in that event. Um, and it's a great start for our Silat squad as well for winning that winning that gold in Ganda Putra. Um, but I'm I'm not sure how many goals that they targeted. But um, let's just hope that the Silat squad is going to get more goals for Malaysia. And right now we have nine goals so far, and the targeted and the I think they wanted to get 35 or 36 goals for this year's event. Mm-hmm. And let's just hope that we can reach the target. And our football team is doing quite well as well, guys. Oh, the football team, Nick. Um. They did well against Laos, but they were expected to do well in that match. Um, my my concern was, I think I talked about this with Faisal in the last episode. Um, they wasn't really playing that well again in the match against Thailand. So there's not. I haven't seen that consistency yet. I haven't seen that the that that quality that be needed in a team for for Malaysia to win the whole tournament. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't the target to win goal. But I really, really hope. I really, really, ho- I really, 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 really hope that we can at least go to the final and and at least get silver for for this year's event. The Sea Games are still underway, and you can catch our athletes in action live on Astro. And of course, it's been confirmed that Malaysia was picked as the host for the 2027 Sea Games. It'll be the first time um, the Sea Games will return to Malaysia since 2017. Well, that wraps it up for another episode of the Podball Sportscast. Uh, but before we go, I want to say it's okay to seek help if you think that you know life is out to get you and there's no end in sight. Guess what? You are never alone in facing it, my friends. There's no shame in asking for help, and it makes you even more awesome than you already are. So stay awesome. Take care of your mental and physical well-being. I am Faisal Merikan. I am Karami Kamil, and I'm Nicholas John. 